bring you up to speed if you're in, uh, maybe you're, you, you haven't been here or you've missed a few Sundays or maybe you're a kid in here and you're used to being somewhere else. So I want to kind of catch us all up today and we're going to have a little bit of fun with the, uh, with the message today. Hopefully uh, all of you will, uh, uh, will be, be jumping in and following along. But just to catch everybody up, all summer long we've been flipping through uh, the uh, the most famous and ancient songbook of all times, the book of Psalms. There are uh, 150 songs uh, in in this uh, in this uh, book, uh, the book of Psalms. Uh, people have been reading them and singing them and praying them for about 3,000 years. Um, David uh, wrote a lot of them. A lot of them were written by by uh, David, maybe you've heard that name, David, uh, King David. Uh, he was also, uh, he was the same guy that was David and Goliath David. That's the same guy, uh, the little stone and the sling and the giant and the uh, all the things. Uh, he was also uh, a shepherd at one point. Um, he was also pretty artsy, uh, believe it or not. He played the harp, uh, he sang, and he wrote music. And so a lot of this songbook was written by David. I know I'm probably dating myself. Maybe maybe you have one of these. Um, it's an analog Bible. It's not the digital version. Um, but um, if you take one of these and you open to the middle, you're probably hitting Psalms. There it is. Well, I've got a marker in it, so I guess I cheated. But um, so uh, if you're looking for, oh, what is this? And and here's the other weird thing. Can we just, maybe we haven't addressed this, and I don't know how to address it, but um, it starts with a P, and we're not sure why, uh, but uh, but it's it's not Psalms. We just call it Psalms. Um, I could tell you all about when I was Salty the singing songbook all started with P and that, that that's a whole other story um, and you don't care. But um, anyway, we're going to be uh, looking today at a psalm uh, that actually wasn't written by David. So most of them were written by David, David and Goliath, David, King David, Shepherd Boy David, but most of them, uh, most of them were written by him. But, uh, but, but today we're flipping over to Psalm 90, uh, which it says right at the top there in Psalm 90, you see it up there behind me, uh, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. So this is, this is the little title underneath Psalm 90. It says, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Moses. So here's another uh, uh, great man of the Bible, probably one of the most impressive men in history. Uh, Moses lived for 120 years, and most likely uh, he wrote Psalm 90 uh, at the end of his life, reflecting back and, uh, and, and praying and singing this, uh, this, this psalm to God. Just to, I, I think it's good for us to, to remember who Moses was and what he did. It, Moses' story reads like a movie. Several major t- plot twists along the way. He's born into a, a Jewish home as a slave in Egypt at the time when Jewish babies were supposed to be killed, right? And uh, he was miraculously saved by the king's daughter. I'm going to pause right here because I cannot help myself but tell one of the best dad jokes that I know that goes right along here. Who is one of the most uh, most wise financial stewards in all of Scripture? Pharaoh's daughter. She went to the bank of the Nile and drew out a little profit. Chris, I should have had you back here, and we could have done the little uh, little rim shot. 
So yes, Moses was that baby, the baby in the basket. Maybe you've seen the flannel graph or the video or, or whatever. Moses, baby in the basket, floating in the river. Pharaoh's daughter, the king's daughter comes and uh, uh, gets him, rescues him, uh, raises him as a prince in the king's palace. Uh, he's well-educated. He's widely read. He spoke multiple languages. He, he understood history and geography and philosophy and military strategy. He was, he was raised to be a king in the king's home. But Moses never forgot who he was, and, and, uh, and, and he, he still identified as a Jewish man uh, and identified with his fellow countrymen who were still slaves. When he was 40, young guy, 40, when he's 40, he, uh, he, he uh, decided he was going to take matters into his own hands and help these, uh, uh, the, his people, uh, the, the Hebrew people, and uh, he, he tried to do that to fight back against Egypt. His attempt didn't succeed. Uh, he was afraid for his life, and he ran away. And for the next 40 years, he lived uh, in the desert uh, as a shepherd, uh, raised a family, and he's uh, far, far away from Egypt. But then, when he was 80, young guy, 80, uh, when he was 80, the plot shifted again. And, uh, and here's where I'm going to need some help uh, in telling the story. We're going to do something we've done uh, a, a time or two before. Uh, it's called a spontaneous melodrama, and I'm going to need a few volunteers to help me uh, Help me act out what uh, what what happened with with Moses and uh, and and how he got to where he was a guy that's going to write Psalm ninety and and all those things. So let's see. I'm going to need I'm going to need a Moses. Let's see. Anybody? Do I have any volunteers? Kyle, you're Moses. Come on up, Kyle. All right. Um, I'm going to need. Oh yeah, I'm going to need Moses' staff. Let's see. Um, somebody has to play Moses' staff. Any, I don't see any hand. Oh, I see that hand right there. Come on up. I'm going to need some sheep. Let's, you guys, all the rest of you guys are sheep, okay? You guys are sheep. Um, maybe we should practice. Well, wait. And I also need, let's see. I'm going to need, hmm. Somebody's got to be the burning bush. So, um, I've, did you ever see the three amigos in the singing bush? This is what's coming to my mind right now. It, it shouldn't be, but that's what's, what's coming to my mind right now. Um, let's see here. Uh, let, hmm, David. I think, uh, I think David Applegate would be a good burning bush. So we're going we're gonna to put you right there. All right. So basically, what, you're going to be the staff. So you're going to walk wherever he goes, you go. You're probably going to have your hand on his, on his, because you know what a staff is? Like the, like the walking stick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and I think we're on, are we on the, we're, we're all in the camera shot. Okay, so those of you online, sorry we can't use you in this today because you're online and not here. Come back to us. We'd love to embarrass you like this. It'd be great. Um, so anyway, probably not the most effective uh, invitation. But anyway, uh, so okay, so when I read things, you're going to act them out. You're going to do what I say. You're going to say what I say. You're going to, we're just going to have a good time. But let me move this. I'll go off to the side. Why don't you guys go in the middle there? All right. Oh, and you guys, we should probably practice. So you guys do have a line a couple of times. Um, I'm going to feed it to you so you know in advance. Bah. One, two, three. I, I think, I think, okay. You might even have it memorized. That's good. Okay. Here we go. One day, you ready? One day, a shepherd named Moses was out tending his sheep. That's them. You're, you're good. 
First, he would move his staff to the left. This is left over here. And all the sheep would lean to the left. Then, then he would move his staff to the right, and all the sheep would lean to the right. Then he would do his favorite trick. He would put his staff straight above his head. Okay. The sheep would split down the middle, and half would lean to the left, and the other half would lean to the right. Okay, you can put it. Good. Okay, good. All right. God observed Moses and decided to speak to him from a bush. The bush said to him, oh, wait, oh, we should probably, you're going to need that, I think. And Moses, you might need this, so, okay, sorry about that. All right. The bush said to him, Moses, 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 Moses turned to the sheep and said, I hear a voice. I hear a voice. The sheep in unison said, oh, you're ahead of me, said, bah. And Moses said, no, really. No, really. And the bush said, come here, Moses, and take off your shoes. Come here, Moses, and take off your shoes. The sheep groaned. The staff plugged its nose. (laughs) Moses took off his shoes and walked over to the bush. The bush said, I've seen the people's misery. I have seen the people's misery. The way you part those sheep. The way you part those sheep. Moses hid his face in embarrassment. (laughs) The bush said, I've got plans for you, Moses. I've got plans for you, Moses. Moses said, who am I that you should be talking to me? Who am I that you should be talking to me? Then he realized who he was talking to and said, who are you that I should be talking to you? Who are you who should I be talking to you? And the bush said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses looked at the ugly bush and said, you're kidding. You're kidding. I don't know if ugly was in there or not. I just, I might have added that. I I think that just came up this morning. editorial, yeah. (laughs) Suddenly, the bush caught fire, and waving its big flaming arms, it yelled in a booming voice. Throw down your staff, Moses. Throw down your staff, Moses. Wait for me to say Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Moses took his staff and gently threw it on the ground. Okay. And the staff began slithering around like a snake. Oh, wow. It hissed at Moses. It hissed at the bush. It hissed at the sheep. The sheep said, bah! Okay, uh, as the staff slithered around Moses, the bush said, Okay, Moses, pick up your staff. Okay, Moses, pick up your staff. (laughs) Moses gave the bush a puzzled look. But the bush said, No, really, pick it up. Really, pick it up. Scared half to death. Moses slowly reached out toward his staff, which was still hissing. And when he touched it, the staff immediately stopped hissing and stood tall and straight. The bush said, now go. Now go. I am sending you and your staff. I am sending you and your staff. To Pharaoh to free my people. To Pharaoh to free my people. Moses stuttered, 
But 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 who am I that I should go? But 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 who am I that I should go? The bush said, "Who am I that I should speak?" Who am I that I should speak? And Moses said, "Good point." Good point. And he took his staff by the hand, waved goodbye to his sheep, and headed off to Egypt. Let's give them all a big round of applause. I need my shoes back on. Thank you very much. Yes, please put your shoes back on. Appreciate that. So that's a little bit of the backstory. Maybe some of you have uh, heard that before. You know that.、Uh, I think that's a great rendition. Maybe with a little poetic license. I don't think the bush was ugly by any stretch. So sorry, David. I'm. I'm. Yeah, anyway, that is how God called Moses when he's 80 years old, right, to go back to Egypt and to lead the Jewish people out of slavery. And so that's just what he did. I mean, there's a lot in there, and Moses argued, and all the things we we skipped over a lot of stuff. But but finally, Moses went back with his、uh, brother Aaron, and they they uh, uh, went back and led the people out of Egypt to the Promised Land. And the last 40 years of of Moses' life, from the time he was 80 to the time he's 120, some of you think you're tired and old. You're not、uh, you're not leading a bunch of、uh, people. Uh, through the wilderness at the age of 120, right? But、uh, it, God did so much through Moses and his life. And again, we don't have any time to, to go through it. Just a few highlights here:、um, God was with them, the, with Moses and with the people. There was a pillar of, of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And wherever that that、uh, cloud and fire went, that's where the people went.、And、God was leading them. It was amazing. And, and、uh, maybe you know the story of the Red Sea. I think we now we know the the backstory of how Moses already knew how to part. Things right, and so uh, uh, he uh, the 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 Red Sea was parted. They escaped the Egyptians.、Uh, Moses gave、uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai.、Um, man, a lot of different uh, uh, miracles throughout that、uh, that story. He gave them water out of a rock.、Uh, God fed them with heavenly food called manna. I、uh, sent the meat、uh, in the form of quail. To, I mean, over and over, the, the children of Israel saw miracle after miracle. And yet, if you know the story, you know they still complained and they still doubted. But God was faithful, and Moses was faithful, and He led them, and He cared for them. He punished them at times.、Uh, he complained to God about them at times. And over those forty years, Moses wrote what we know as the first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He 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 wrote those.、Uh, um, But then, after writing all that down over those forty years and telling the stories of his people and God's relationship with them, it appears that he wrote one last page. It wasn't about Israel's history. It wasn't about the commandments or the law. It wasn't about the the mighty acts, wanderings. Moses' final piece of writing was a song. Well, a prayer and a song, right? After all that he observed, all that he'd experienced, reflecting on、uh, his amazing life with God, leading the people, he wrote this prayer that we know as Psalm 90. And so I want to read that today and、uh, and pull some truth out of that that still applies to our life as well. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, "Return to dust, you mortals." A-, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. 
We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Moses reminds us of, uh, of, of some key things that we need to know that, uh, that, that should change how we live. And the first, first thing right out of the gate, he reminds us that God is great. Moses started off like uh, virtually all the Psalms that, that we've studied so far do. Uh, uh, he's reciting and proclaiming who God is, characteristics of God. Uh, God is, is, it's interesting to note that, that, uh, uh, the, the things that, that Moses pulls out, the things that he points to, to, to point to God's greatness. First of all, he says that God is our home right? Uh, our dwelling place. Uh, God is where we live. We've seen this in other Psalms as well, right? He's, he's where we find rest. He's where we're protected. He's our dwelling place. Moses had dwelt with God uh, throughout his life, especially in those close interactions uh, with God as, as he had led the people through, through the wilderness. He was in the cloud and in the fire and in the tabernacle and on the mountain. No matter where they found themselves geographically, they were dwelling with God. God was dwelling with them. He was their home. He also points to the fact that God is our creator, right? Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole earth. Uh, it, it changes how we live if we recognize that God created everything, in, including us. It, it gives us value and purpose, right? We didn't just happen, but God created us on purpose for a purpose. And Moses recognized that God's greatness is reflected in his creation. He, he also recognized that God is forever, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Moses recognized that God had always been and always will be. He is eternal. He started off this, this, uh, this, this prayer song proclaiming that God is great. But then uh, right on the heels of that, he also proclaimed, we are not. We're not so great, right? In the next verses, he, uh, he highlights some of those things that tell how we are not, we're weak and we're sinful and, and we're not eternal, right? We are dust and will return to dust. We've, we've sinned and we deserve punishment. We don't live forever. In other words, we're, we're frail and fallen and finite. We're, 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 we're weak and we're sinful and we don't last forever. And Moses, in his wisdom of 120 trips around the sun, knew that it was important to keep that perspective. Uh, God is great and we are not. Whether living in palaces or in tents in the desert, Moses knew that God was greater and he knew that we as humanity, we need him. And so the, the next part of, of Moses' prayer asks humbly 
for God's teaching and wisdom. I, I love verse verse 12. Again, uh, we've talked before about some of the these psalms being things that we might put on the wall or put on a mug or on a t-shirt. Uh, this this might be one of them, or it might be a prayer that, 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 that we should be praying regularly. Maybe it's something you jot down and put on a sticky note next to your Bible or on the, the wall where you uh, read your Bible every day. And uh, uh, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Or in the New Living Translation, teach us to realize the brevity of life that we may grow in wisdom. Or the message, oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and well. See, if God is great and we are not, then we have to rely on him and follow his wisdom, not our own. We have to ask for his help and his direction. He can see what we can't see. He knows what we don't know. Uh, Moses exhibited a, a, a key way that each one of us should live every day with the right perspective that God is great and we are not, so we must rely on him. Teach us to number our days, to, to use our time, our, our lives wisely in God's wisdom. We need him. With that perspective and in that context, uh, Moses continued to ask big things of God. Even, even at the end of his life, as he's praying this prayer, he's, he's praying some, some pretty big prayers, knowing that God could, could do all of it and more. And maybe that's something significant we need to learn from this psalm too. We need to pray big prayers. Sometimes we, uh, at another point in scripture, it says we have not because we ask not, right? And, and so, so we need to be praying the big prayers, asking God for, for the things that only he can provide. There are, there are at least five things here toward the end of this psalm that Moses prayed that I think we should be praying to. Big prayer number one, uh, in verse 13, uh, Moses asked God to have compassion have compassion on your servants, he says. Again, we're frail, which means we're not strong. And, and we're finite, which means we don't last long. And we're fallen, which means we've done things that are wrong, right? We're, we're, we're not strong, we don't last uh, long, and we've done things that are wrong. And so we need God's compassion all the time. Well, how did Moses know that God was compassionate. I mean, you, we read it there. You saw that there's a lot of time there that, that, that God was kind of, Moses was expressing to God, man, it feels like you're just, ah, you're, we got this and you're coming at us with that. And, we're, and I mean, it was well-deserved. And, uh, but, but Moses, how did Moses know that God was compassionate? He'd really, he'd really seen it for himself. Uh, he knew that, that we needed God's forgiveness and his compassion. He, he knew that, uh, that God punishes sin, and, and, and Moses wasn't shy in mentioning that throughout this psalm, but, but he also knew God intimately. He knew God's character. Uh, up on that mountain when he was receiving the Ten Commandments from God, uh, God revealed his, himself and his character to Moses. In Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, it says, And he, meaning God, passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Moses prayed for God to show compassion because he knew that God was, in his very core, compassionate and gracious. He'd seen it firsthand because of that experience and, and many others like it over the years. Moses prayed for God's compassion. He also prayed, uh, big prayer number two, show your love and joy. Verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad. 
God's love really makes all the difference, right? His love and compassion. Because he loves us, we can sing for joy. Uh, just like all those mornings in the wilderness when, when, uh, when the Hebrew people got up and were literally greeted with bread from heaven. Amazing. Uh, and and, and uh, because of that, or it, I'm sure that's in the back of Moses' mind as he's praying that God would continue to show his love and his provision and his faithfulness that would bring joy and gladness. I wonder if you're praying for God to show you how much he loves you. We, uh, we, we know that God loves us. Oh, yeah, God loves Smile, God loves It's maybe one of those things that, that we know so much we don't really allow to sink in and, and change us. Pray for God to show you how much he loves you. Look for ways that he's showing his love to you. Moses prayed, show your love and joy. He also prayed that God would make up for the pain of the past. Verse 15 says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many days as we've seen trouble. The Hebrew people had had faced a lot of trouble, mostly due to their own rebellion, and they had experienced punishment and and, uh, consequences and trouble uh, because of those things. Moses was being so bold then to ask God to redeem the pain of their past and to bring joy and gladness in the days to come. All of us, all of us have a past that needs to be redeemed, right? It's an amazing thing when we come to realize that we have a God who is compassionate and loving and who has sent Jesus to bring that redemption to forgive and to heal and to redeem and to restore. As we commit our lives to following Jesus, he redeems our past. I believe Jesus coming is part of the answer to Moses' prayer when he's praying that God would alleviate the pain of the past. Jesus is the answer to that. And so we have the possibility of being forgiven and cleansed and made new. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians that when we come to God, he makes us a new creation. We die to that old life, that life of pain and misery, and we are raised to a new life in Christ. He forgives us. He works all things together for good. We need to pray along with Moses for God to make up for the pain of our past. Moses also prayed in verse 16 for God to to let him see, to, to let the people see how he's at work. Let us see how you're at work. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. Let's see you working, God. Because of our finite perspective, we can't see how God is working. I, that, that worship song, is it, is it Waymaker? Um, it, it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. I, I, I think that's spot on, right? It's right on the nose. But we don't always see it. So we have to follow Moses' example and pray for God to help us see it. And even when we can't see it, we must know it and believe it. Uh, it, Moses says, may your deeds be known to your servants. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And then we come to Moses' final petition to God, uh, this God that he's followed for so many years. It's a a wonderful prayer, uh, a prayer of seeking God's blessing. Uh, The the, the fifth prayer, the the last one we're going to look at today it says, make something significant of my life. In verse 17, it says it this way, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. 
Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I probably don't need to ask for a show of hands this morning. Do you want God's favor on your life? I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking we would all, we would all vote for that. I don't know. In the, if you uh, have a Bible with footnotes, probably the footnote uh, under the word favor. If you go down to the bottom, at least in my Bible, it, it, it says that 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 word can also be translated beauty. I, what a significant prayer. Uh, Moses is praying, may the beauty of God rest on us. Let's let that sink in for I mean, what if you prayed that prayer every morning? May, may God's beauty rest on me today. In every interaction that I have, may God, people see God's beauty in me. What I say, how I say it, my attitude, my reaction, my response, uh, uh, how I do my work. All, uh, what if we prayed that for the people in our lives? What if you prayed that for your spouse, that God, uh, God's beauty would be seen in them? What if you prayed that for your kids? Kids, what if you prayed that for your parents? Because sometimes parents get grouchy, right? No. We need to see God's beauty in our interaction. Pray that for your boss. Yeah, let's pray that for the, my boss, right? Pray that for your coworkers, even the ones that get on your nerves. What, may the beauty of the Lord rest on us. And, and then Moses follows that sentiment up with, with a desire that his life, his work, his labor would matter. He says, establish the work of our hands. And it's repeated, which means that's, that's uh, the Psalms way of, of uh, uh, highlighting, circling, underlining. They repeat something in order to emphasize it and really hit it home. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It, was, it made it extremely important. When Moses came down to the end of his days, he wanted God to make something significant of his life. And I'm pretty sure that God answered that prayer. Moses is still hailed as one of the most important people in all of history, uh, certainly in, the, in the, the Jewish and Christian communities, but literally in history. Uh, God has used him, used his life to make a difference. And I hope, I hope that you're praying that God will use your life to make a difference to. Now, you probably won't write several books of the Bible. You probably won't part an ocean or a flock of sheep. Maybe you'll part a flock of sheep. I don't know. But, but as I look around this room, as I think about the people who are part of this church, it's, it, it's an amazing thought to think what God can do, how God can impact this community, this world, just through the lives that are gathered here. Even the short people, even us old people, and all, all everybody in between. It's, in a minute, we're going to disperse from here and we're going to go in all directions, right? We're going to go to our homes and our jobs and wherever else life takes us. This You'll probably go to the fair this week. All the, all the things, right? What if you prayed that God would use what you do how you work, how you spend your time, what you say for his glory so that his beauty would be seen in you. Rely on God to lead you, trusting that he is going to make a difference with your life. He, he will establish the work of your hands. He will, he will make it something solid and firm and steadfast that will last, that will make a difference God wrote his story through Moses' life. What started in a basket on a river, continued to the palace, to the desert, 
to that crazy encounter with a burning bush that may or may not have looked like what we, whatever we did up here for a little while, right? But God used the exploits of that humble leader, Moses, to change history significantly. God wrote his story through Moses' life, and I am convinced that God wants to write his story, whatever part it is, to write his story through your life too. It starts with each of us acknowledging, as Moses did in this Psalm, Psalm 90, God is great and we are not, and so we must rely on him. We must allow him to lead us. We must uh, call out for his compassion and his forgiveness, for his redemption and his direction. And how great will it be when we look back over our lives as Moses was doing in this psalm and we see how God has established the work of our hands. I hope that we can be praying together that the favor of the Lord our God would rest on us.